Welcome to Have Hope, Will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. Last week, we talked about what does it look like to encounter God, to expect God to show up, to meet with Him, and to recognize His voice. And we decided that the best way to know what God sounds like and to recognize and understand His voice is to know what it looks like when He's already shown up before. That is, how has He shown up in the Scriptures? What does His voice sound like when you read it in the Bible? And in order to do that, you have to know what the Bible says. So today, we're going to practice that. We're going to read a passage of scripture together, and we're going to encounter the Lord together. Might be a story you're already familiar with. Great, you're going to hear something new today. Might be a story that's new to you. Wonderful. I look forward to seeing you meet with God here. Mark 5, 21, in the Passion Translation. After Jesus returned from across the lake, a huge crowd of people quickly gathered around him on the shoreline. Just then, a man saw that it was Jesus, so he pushed through the crowd and threw himself down at his feet. His name was Jairus, a Jewish official who was in charge of the synagogue. He pleaded over Jesus, saying over and over, Please come with me. My little daughter is at the point of death. She's only twelve years old. Come and lay your hands on her, and she will live. Immediately, Jesus went with him, and a huge crowd followed, pressing in on him from every side. Now, in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continual bleeding for twelve years. She had endured a great deal under the care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all she had on their treatments, she was not getting better, but worse. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up behind him, and touched his prayer shawl. For she kept saying it to herself, If only I could touch his clothes, I know I will be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly be healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd, Who touched my clothes? The disciples answered, What do you mean, who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you. But Jesus' eyes swept across the crowd, looking for the one who had touched him for healing. When the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came before him, trembling with fear, and threw herself down at his feet, saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him her story of what just happened. Then Jesus said to her, Daughter, because you have dared to believe, your faith has healed you. Go with peace in your heart and be free from your suffering. And before he had finished speaking, people arrived from Jairus' house and pushed through the crowd to give Jairus the news. There's no need to trouble the master any longer. Your daughter has died. But Jesus refused to listen to what they were told and said to the Jewish official, Don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. So they left for his home. But Jesus didn't allow anyone to go with them except Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John. When they arrived at the home of the synagogue ruler, they encountered a noisy uproar among the people, for they were all weeping and wailing. Upon entering the home, Jesus said to them, Why all this grief and weeping? Don't you know that the girl is not dead but merely asleep? Then everyone began to ridicule and make fun of him, but he threw them all outside. He took the child's father and mother and his three disciples and went into the room where the girl was laying. 
he tenderly clasped the child's hand in his and said to her in Aramaic, Talitha kum, which means little girl, wake up from the sleep of death. Instantly, the 12-year-old girl sat up, stood to her feet, and started walking around the room. Everyone was overcome with astonishment in seeing this miracle. Jesus had them bring her something to eat. He repeatedly cautioned them that they were to tell no one what happened. What did you notice when we read this passage? What did you notice this time as if you were hearing the story for the first time? What did you notice that you've never noticed before? Where do you see God here in this story? What is grabbing your attention in a way that it never has before? How are you hearing God speak? We're going to read it again. This time we're going to read it in a different translation. And this time I want you to picture yourself in the story. And as you listen, I want you to close your eyes and visualize it. Don't close your eyes if you're driving or doing something else that would be dangerous to do with your eyes closed. But I want you to picture this scene. And I want you to picture what it would be like to be there. Maybe pick a character and visualize yourself as that character. So Mark 5, this time in the NIV. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come, put your hand on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him, and the woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, and she had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she got worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, If I touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt from her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid. Just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue ruler, Jesus saw the commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitha kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. <laughs> 
She was twelve years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this. He told them to give her something to eat. Where are you in the story? Are you the disciples? Curious to see what God is doing? Are you Jairus? Showing up with faith that God can heal? Are you the woman? Willing to reach out and to touch the hem of Jesus' cloak? Are you the mourners? Wailing and weeping because you think that hope is gone. Are you the little girl who has gotten up? I don't know where you are, but I can visualize this story because in some ways I've been there. They believe this story was probably set in the city of Magdala, which is a city on the Sea of Galilee, and I've been there. In present-day Magdala, there are enough ruins from the synagogue that I can picture what this space may have looked like in the time of Jesus. We all know what a crowd looks like. We've been to airports, we've been to malls, we've been to state fairs, we've been staying three feet away from people right now. But in Magdala, right near where the synagogue used to be, is a new synagogue. It sits right on the water. It's one of the most beautiful sights I've ever seen. I'll post a picture for you on Instagram this week so you can appreciate it too. And in that synagogue, there's a big sanctuary and there are smaller sanctuaries. And the front of each room depicts a different scene of what they think happened in the city of Magdala. And this story is depicted not once but twice. The woman reaching for the hem of Jesus' cloak and Jesus taking the hand of the little girl and telling her to get up. They're beautiful mosaics. The mosaics themselves are enough to take your breath away. But those scriptures came to life for me in a new and beautiful way when I was in Magdala. Because our guide at the site was a Catholic priest from Ireland named Father Kelly. And Father Kelly asked if anyone in our crowd was a daughter traveling with her parents. We didn't have any. How about a son traveling with parents? We didn't have any of those either. Grandparents? Still no. Aunt and uncle? Yeah, we did. I was in Israel with my aunt and uncle. And so Father Kelly invited us forward. And he told us that his prayers only work when he has an iPhone in his hand. And so he took my phone and he positioned us in front of the mosaic. So each one of us represented one of the characters in the story. Me as the little girl, standing right up front, holding Jesus' hand. My aunt and uncle behind me posing as my parents. And I stood there right in front of the mosaic, staring at Jesus' eyes, while Father Kelly prayed and took pictures. It was one of the most beautiful moments of my life. Because as he prayed, he prayed and he thanked God that healing had already happened. And like all of us, there are things that I want the Lord to heal in my life. I want this hip pain to go away. I've got plenty of other things that I want to see the Lord heal. But it wasn't a request for healing. 
that Father Kelly prayed. It was a thanking God for healing. Because just like Jesus reached down and took the hand of the little girl and said, Talitha Kum, Jesus reached down and has taken my hand. And he's told me to get up. And he's declared that I'm healed. Just by touching the hem of his robe, just by touching his hand, just by staring into his eye. It was the faith of each of these individuals that healed them. The faith in Jesus. We're going to talk more about healing in some of the coming weeks. I'm really excited because I've got stories of friends who have been healed. I've got stories of friends who haven't been healed. And I'm excited to tell both of their stories. But today, we're looking at a story when Jesus did heal. Because I believe it's always God's will to heal. And he did. Not only did he raise this girl from the dead, he healed a bleeding woman who just touched the hem of his cloak. So right now I'm going to read the story one more time. And picture yourself there. Visualize it in your head. Sit on the shores of the Sea of Galilee and experience healing. Imagine what it's like to have the faith to pursue Jesus and request his healing even when everyone else thinks hope is gone. Mark 5 in the ESV. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him as he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her, so that she may be well and live. And he went with him. And a crowd followed behind him and thronged around him. There was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for twelve years, who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports of Jesus, and come up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power had gone out from him, immediately turned to the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowds pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw the commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother who were there with him and went inside where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means, 
little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was twelve years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. He strictly charged them that no one should know this. He told them to give her something to eat. The story looks a little different when we read it in different translations, doesn't it? This same story is actually found a couple of different times in the Gospels. We find it here in Mark 5. We find it in Matthew 9. And we find it in Luke 8. Each telling shows a slightly different version of the story. But each time, both people who approach Jesus are healed. As much as I relate to the little girl who was raised, I love the faith of the woman with the bleeding disorder because she risked a lot to get to Jesus. Women who are bleeding are socially unclean, which means for 12 years she walked around declaring that she was unclean and that everyone around her needed to stay away. Imagine what it would look like to walk around and keep everyone in an arm's length away. Hugging this person is worth risking getting sick to me right now. She didn't have that option. And she chose to pursue Jesus, knowing she had to press through the crowd to get to him. We see Jesus touch people who are considered unclean elsewhere in scripture. So maybe she knew that maybe he wouldn't be bothered by the touching. But she doesn't even want to bother him for some of his time. She just needs to touch the hem of his robe. The hem of his robe is a pretty intimate place for her to touch. It's scandalous for her to touch the tassel of his robe. Only family could touch that. And then Jesus finds out. He feels the power being gone from him. And there's a question, did she steal from him? Did she steal power from him? And he wants to know what happened. And she doesn't try to hide herself in the crowd. She realizes that's not going to work. And so with fear and trembling, she falls before Jesus. And she tells her whole story. Her whole story. Her 12 years of bloody history story. And Jesus listens. And he offers her compassion. Instead of shaming her for touching his robe or quote-unquote stealing his power from him or the part of his robe that she chose to touch, he hands her a cup of grace and he says, daughter. He makes it permissible for her to touch his robe. He invites her into a personal relationship, into the family. And then there's Jairus. He's a ruler. He could have easily sent someone else to get Jesus. He could have spent those last minutes with his daughter and sent a servant to get the Savior. And he doesn't. He himself approaches Jesus and requests Jesus' help. And when they get there, the mourners have already been mourning. They're already planning the funeral. They're weeping and wailing. And this shows that she really is dead. 
Not that they, she just fell asleep and they thought she was dead. They're already mourning. She's already dead. It's not a mistaken diagnosis. And Jesus isn't going to stop there. And he kicks everyone out. And he closes the door. As if he's telling them to close the door on doubt, to close the door on fear, to close the door on the fact that this may not work out, and to only invite the intimate ones in. And he touches her. For the second time in this passage of scripture, Jesus touches someone who's considered unclean. This time he does it willingly. And the little girl is healed. And then I really appreciate that the story ends with Jesus inviting them to give her some food. Because she's hungry. Because she's alive. Needing food is evidence of life. This girl who was dead is alive again. So when I read this passage, I read a Jesus who wants to heal. I read a Jesus who wants to hear our whole story. I read a Jesus who wants to help us close the door on doubt. I read a Jesus who wants to make sure we're taken care of and that our basic needs are met, like he suggests to feed the little girl. I read a Jesus who loves. And I read a story that will never get old. So my challenge for you this week is to pick a passage and do this same practice. Read it. Pause and reflect on things you've never noticed before. Read it again and find yourself in the story. Let your imagination run with it. Picture what it would have looked like to be there in Magdala when Jesus is walking down the street. Picture what it would have looked like to be the woman pressing through the crowds to get to Jesus. Picture what her life looks like now that she is healed. What it looks like for her to go home and to tell her family that she's healed. Does she still have family? Does she still have friends? Picture what it would look like to be Jairus, the synagogue ruler who's seen God heal his daughter. Picture what it would be like to be the daughter, to be sick and dying and then to be alive and eating again. Picture what it's like to be the disciples, experiencing this time and time again. Picture the story. Set yourself there. Read it again. Maybe in a different translation. Maybe read the same story, but somewhere else in scripture. And pause and reflect. And pull out the themes that you see in your own life as represented here in scripture. Who do you see Jesus to be in this story? And what does that look like in your own life? How do you see Jesus act in that story? How do you need to act yourself in your own life? As always, let me know how it goes. I want to know what scripture you picked. I want to know how God showed up to you. I want to know how this is changing, how you're encountering the Lord, and how you're hearing from him. Have a great week, friends. We'll see you soon. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.